Once upon a time, there was a woman. She was witty, intelligent, kind, and beautiful. One day she met a man. And he was obstinate, wealthy, judgmental, and extremely handsome. Sometimes he went by Mr. Darcy or Rhett Butler or the Beast or even Mr. Big. He was desired by women far and wide. And while initially put off by him and often insulted by him, our heroine falls madly and deeply in love with him. The two get married and supposedly live happily ever after. Does this story sound familiar? Hello, and welcome to Parlay, the podcast where we talk about the things we forget to talk about. I'm your host, Vernay Smith, and this week I wanted to start exploring dating and relationships in a sort of sub-series called Outdated. Because, well, I've never found dating easy, and I find it even more difficult now that I'm divorced and 40. But I wonder if it's so hard because of the stories that we grew up hearing. Did they really send the right message when it comes to what makes a healthy relationship? Today, I'm joined by comedian and author Michael Bazzelli, whose new novel, All I Want for Christmas, gives us a new take on the old romantic comedy. Listen as we chat about romantic stories and characters from Mr. Darcy to Mr. Big. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's parlay. Okay, listeners, I am joined by my good friend, Michael Bazzelli, who is an actor and stand-up comedian. He's done uh, comedy in L.A. with the Comic Store and the Improv and at Pittsburgh Arcade Theater, right? And he's also an author. He's recently written a book called All I Want for Christmas. And Michael and I got into a conversation last week when uh, he was doing a reading here at Craft and Public Library. And we were talking about the stories that are told to women through uh, novels and literature and movies and film and TV and how we're getting kind of a rotten message um, coming down about the men we should be picking. So this episode is called Outdated, Mr. Darcy to Mr. Big. Michael, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's, It's true, though. I mean, when I was writing my book, I wanted to be clear of not doing that standard trope where the woman and man hate each other when they first meet. Um, Or like he's kind of defective and she changes him type thing. Yes, I have a belief, and I'm going to ruin Jane Austen for a lot of listeners, Mm -hmm. but I have a theory that Jane Austen and Mr. Darcy are the reason we think we can change men. Uh, I can see that. Right? So, like, mm-hmm. he's terrible to Elizabeth Bennet for most of the book. Mm-hmm. And then when he proposes, he's, he says something to the effect of, well, you're still beneath me. Right. But I'll marry you. And she says, kick rocks, right? But there's something that happens that we almost don't see in that story where mm-hmm. she's suddenly like, yes, please, let's get married. Yeah. That we need more from his side, too, I think, because he's, she keeps him off to the side and keeps him cold throughout the whole story. And then he has this big reveal. Right. And it's like, uh, yeah, but like, when did this all happen? Right. It's almost like that, like, Daisy Dex Mahina moment where he's like, da-da-da-da, I'm better. Yes. (laughs) 
you've made me better. Right. But he still can't even say it. Correct. Like, right. If he would have just admitted and said, falling in love with you has made me a better person, the book would have been better. Absolutely. And I think there was like a follow-up book like Death at Pemberley, which was like this weird murder mystery sort of I thing. Heard, yeah, not Jane Austen. Not Jane Austen. Okay. Yeah. That, that was like a made-for BBC movie or something like that. I'm not sure, but I did hear about that. Yeah, but so you don't get to see their married life to see if like those personalities still like where she's like... Yeah you know, probably still put out with him four right. years later for right. this elitist attitude. Like, I want to pay the gardener more. We can't pay the gardener more. Right. <laughs> he is under He's me. He's gardener. He's beneath me. Right. So, but I think those those storylines have been um, just in our culture for a really long time. I, mean, even, I was thinking about Rhett Butler and how, how many women... For decades, we're like, ooh, Rhett Butler. Mm. And I'm like, but he was mean to her. He's mean to her the whole time. He spanked she, her. <laughs> she deserves meanness. She doesn't deserve to be spanked. No, no. woman deserves to be have her hand laid upon her by a man. Right. Even in 1870, whatever it is. Right. That this sort of I know better than you mentality, right? Yeah. And then we get down to, you know, more pop popular culture. And I think even for me... Um, when I was dating when I was younger, and dating again, you start to... Sex in the City was such a... It was iconic for people in a certain age. Absolutely. Yes. Like, yeah. it was so influential. And the way that we were dressing, the things mm -hmm. that we were buying, and the way that we were dating. And mm -hmm. I... This whole idea of Mr. Big. Terrible character. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this idea that he can do whatever he wants. And, and she'll she, go back to him. And she'll go back to him. He can treat her however he wants. He even marries someone in the middle of the series. Right? At what point are, like at what point does is a, is a emotionally mature woman, sane woman done? Yeah, yeah well with I that? would contend that Carrie was not sane because she was in love with this man even though he married someone else. Yeah. Even though he said, when... I picked I, someone else. It, yeah, I picked someone else for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Because he lays out all these stupid-ass reasons why he did it. Right. But for whatever reason, he has, he has moved on. He's living with somebody else, having sex with someone else. At that point, when you see somebody that you like walking down the aisle, it is time to give up or get a therapist. Facts. Facts. Yeah. But how many of us do that with this hope of... Oh, like someday he'll be mine. Right. Or he's not He's not really happy. He's doing this because. Right. And is it, you know, I think what we were talking about or theorizing around is like, is it because of these stories? Yes. I think. I think it's a, it's a contributor for sure. Yeah. I meet a lot of women that tell me that like they're not, they're in love with their boyfriend. He's not changing. And then, like, they'll tell me a couple of horrible stories, and I'll be like, well, you need to go. And they'll say something like, well, I've been with them for three years now. Oh. And I'm like, you put, I put in the time. But that is sunk cost bias. So I have sunk time, <laughs> yes. energy, love, money into this individual. And right. so you feel owed something, so you won't leave, even though your better sense says to. Right, right. I, I believe that's... Every episode of Sex in the City, too. She, <laughs> she just never gives up on him. Yeah. And, and at some point, it's just like, well, I mean, he's the one for me because I put 
six years into this series or however long it went on. Right. Two movies. And not only that, but like, do you really want to be in a relationship where you wore somebody down? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you wore them down and they're like, it's okay. Like, oh, right. I'll marry you. I mean, if I have to. <laughs> Andy stood her up at the in the movie, like at the wedding. Oh, right. And that, you know, and she and she yelled at him and says she's humiliated. So yeah, I think there's that. I think there's there's a little bit of culture. You know, uh, I know some women that are very careful about the fairy tales they read their daughters oh. because of this sort of savior situation mm-hmm. that happened. And I, as I understand it, like some of the fairy tales were originally written by women who had like a very specific political view. And then like the Brothers Grimm came in oh, and, yeah, and sort of altered it. That. Yeah, yeah kind of altered that for us. But you've written a book called All I Want for Christmas, which is, P.S. fans, is delightful. And doesn't tell you how to fix yourself, just makes you smile, just makes you feel good. But you were very specific about the way you wrote your characters. Tell us a little bit about Kate and Tony. Well, Kate is a stand-up comedian and comedy writer, more, I guess. And she's not broken. She has some issues, like everybody does. Uh, And she's got some issues with her mom and some stuff. But I just wanted her to be a strong woman that's able to be with or without a man. She doesn't ever say she wants a man. Right. She never says that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That this will fix my Christmas. Yeah, she has a Christmas that sort of falls apart a little bit. Right. But she's not thinking, oh, you know what would make this Christmas great as a boyfriend. Right. She never even... We never even have... She never really even thinks about love. She's too busy with all these other things going on. Yes. She falls into a date with a with a dude that but it's really not like, oh, I'm looking for Mr. Right or uh-huh. Oh right, yes. Yeah, she just sort of falls into this dating situation. She realizes the guy's awful, but she has to stay on the date for a different reason. For a specific reason. She has yeah. some trouble, folks, and this person's able to help her out. Yeah. And so she's trying to weigh her her risk, yeah. right? It's a risk assessment for her. Right. But she never, She, I think she stays strong. Uh, I think she's very determined character. Mm-hmm. And she's never like pining for a man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I really identified with Kate. Oh, nice. And I felt like I could see myself in this story and feel like, mm-hmm. yep, shenanigans and yeah, like bumbling you. things and things like that. But I didn't feel like... You well, know. like you, she uses humor to get through her life. Not, yeah. You know, she doesn't, like, whine or complain. There's a scene at the very end where she's just had it, and she's on the phone with her dad. Mm-hmm. And that's when her dad sets her straight. And she's like, oh, okay. But, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want her to be pining for a man. In the same way, I set up Tony. Tony also has a Christmas that goes a little awry. Mm -hmm. And then he decides he's going to go visit his divorced sister and her two kids and try to make their Christmas better. And he really kind of can't. Right. (laughs) He's also not like they're pining for a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I also like, too, because I think in a lot of those, um, and when you all read this, it does read very much like those holiday movies we see on -hmm. on TV, and it's um, that we love to curl up in our jammies with our hot cocoa, Um, that he is, so his Christmas is sort of blown out of the water, too, 
and he's going to make someone else's Christmas better. It's not the sister coming to the brother to take care of him and mend him. He's going to her because she had a bad situation Mm -hmm. and their family had a bad situation. He's going to to help her and to be of, of assistance to her. And then I also love, too, that there's no major tragedy in Kate's life that makes her life hard. Sometimes life is just hard, and we're lucky that we can get out of bed. Right. But she's sort of a trooper about it, and you you don't have to be, you don't have to have tragedy or trauma to be strong, to, like, come back from. So that's what I, I I just really appreciated that it was, um, it was something light. Yeah. It was a strong woman character who didn't have to, face down everything. Yeah, I just was trying to make her more normal. I mean, we read about women that like their entire family has died in a fire at the age of two or something. It's like, no, I just wanted her to have like the kind of things, like when she first comes home, Mm -hmm. um, her mother says something that just like sets her off and it's like, oh, that's how this is going to be. Chris, Uh you know, just like, ugh. Typical, like, oh, I thought I was coming here. I'm filled with joy. I'm so happy. Uh-huh. Your mom just said something slightly, you know. Yeah, just a little needly. A little needly. Yeah. You know, she does it with love. Doesn't uh-huh. mean to be harsh or The intent cruel. is not cruel, but. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here we go. Right. Like, it started already. I've been here two minutes and it uh-huh. started already. But I think what your book also speaks to is that those ideas around things that we are the shoulds, right? So not only like the should of Christmas. Christmas should be like this. Yeah. And it should be perfect and glistening and glittery. And it's not yeah. for a lot of people. And I yeah. think your book speaks to that. Mm-hmm. But also it speaks to the should of relationships that we get used to. Yeah. It could actually be like this. Like someone could just be a stand-up guy and she can be funny without being snarky and mean. Right. Right? Like right. she's not mean to people when she's funny. Right. She's still the heroine. She's not the, she's not the sidekick. That's what it is. This character is usually the sidekick mm-hmm. and she's not. And I oh, like right. that. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. Yeah. The, usually the funny, snarky best friend. Uh Oh, exactly. She's she's more that character yeah. having her own romance. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that we're taking like off of center and going, here's mm-hmm. a story down this lane. And uh, and I appreciate that. I think women t- get bucketed too much. And if you're mm-hmm. not the ingenue heroine, right. then you don't get a story. And I right. think that's unfortunate. And I think what I really try to do is, I don't know if this is... I, people, when you read the book, if you'd have to see if you get this right away. It Kate has an accident with Tony, and they it's not a serious accident, but it's enough of an accident. And she uses humor to get out of it, and she she makes um, Tony's nieces smile. And he, I think that's what, when he becomes immediately smitten, she's uh-huh. not just a pretty face. Right. She's just somebody that's trying to bring joy in her life, regardless of what's happening. Right. She doesn't take herself too seriously, even yeah. in a major, and I will say, audience, the, if this had, if this accident had happened to me, I'd have been freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's nothing serious. Everybody lives and everything, but nobody has anything broken. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, I thought that that was, I thought, wow, like that's a resilient spirit, right? That yeah. she's just able to go, well, that's the 18th thing that went wrong today. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to keep it moving. Yeah. 
Right, and you know, I tried to. Be, I based a lot of this on true stories in my in my life, uh -huh. and my philosophy is, it's much funnier to call up AAA, and say, instead of saying to them, "Hey, I got a flat tire," you call them up and say, "Hey, I got three perfectly good working tires right now." Uh huh. You know, it's it, all about perspective. Yeah, it is perspective. I, I think it, humor has helped me. Like stay positive and complain about things in a way that it's like, oh, he's complaining, but he's still trying to make it funny. He's still using sure. humor, and it's it's less off-putting because when somebody comes in and says, oh, it's raining, I can't take it. It's rained for three days. I'm done. You know, there's nothing really... There's nothing to engage with on that. Right. That we can mm -hmm. complain and sort of commiserate a little right. bit, but it also feels like when you add humor to it, it's more active that yes. you're about to do something about it. Yes. Versus right. just... Exactly. Whoa. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Coming in and saying, oh, the, uh, you know, the, it rained so hard it soaked through my sandwich bag. Right. I'm going to have to go out for lunch today. Right. That's a whole different story. Yeah. And then it propels into another story because who knows what happens at lunch, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe there's potential or opportunity in that, in that um, sadness, right? Right. I enjoy that. So when I think about, because um, you and I are both on the market. <laughs> Always. Good-looking men. Hello. <laughs> Two friends are on the market. Um what do you do? Like, how do you how do you feel like you overcome some of those stories? Because those stories aren't just for women. Yeah, they happen for everybody. Where there's this sort of social norm built in and that is soaked into our our minds and our bodies about how a relationship should play out. So, how do you sort of navigate that? Oh, it's interesting because right now I'm working on an LGBT romance. Okay. Also a comedy. And it is about a, a guy who falls in love with another man who his friends don't think is good enough for him. Oh. You know, so yeah. Because there's always those other factors that play in a relationship. You know, when you're dating somebody, you're not dating just them. You're dating them, their family, and their friends. Too, it's true. Sort of. Yeah, it's um, true. Especially at a certain age. At a certain age, yeah, you gotta like, you gotta like the friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the friends gotta like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, cause oh yeah, that's, yes, cause they're probably not going ride. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, when when they don't. Yeah. Um. So and I, you know, Pittsburgh is a small community. Uh so it, it gets a little tricky to navigate that here uh, as much. So yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I would um. I don't know. I'm just. I'm looking for a grown man. That would be nice, <laughs> <laughs> and someone who acts like one. Um, but yeah, I think this is amazing. So, Michael, I thank you so much. We're gonna put in the um, in the notes, everyone, how to get Michael's book. All oh, I want you. for Christmas. Again, it's a delight. It's a great little. It's a great read. It's a quick read. Um, great Christmas present. Yes, it is, and only seven seventy five. Or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be found on Amazon. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, it's all of those online places. I'm not in physical bookstores yet. Okay. Still trying to make that happen. Okay, excellent. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you again. Thank you. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. So what do you think? 
Are Michael and I onto something? Do you feel like maybe some of the stories that you heard growing up influenced the way that you date or in the relationships you got into? A couple things that Michael and I talked about after the interview that I definitely want to say now is that we are not hating on Jane Austen and we are not hating on Sex in the City. We truly admire the characters that Jane Austen brought to the table, these bold, witty, well-spoken, assertive women in a time that it wasn't popular to be that. And she made it popular to read and for women to start to come out of their shells and take up their space at the table, right? Like we really love that about the Jane Austen stories. What we loved about Sex and the City is that it gave us a safe space to talk positively about sex and to get into conversations about things that we weren't talking about on a regular basis. So we really loved that about that, but we did find some problems within the storylines and the way that people went about love and the behavior that they accepted when they fell in love. And we found that a little bit problematic. So I really do want to know what you think about this topic and other things that puzzle you about dating. I have a couple friends that have some new thoughts around relationships and stuff that they want to share. So we're going to come back to this sort of outdated idea a little bit later. But in the meantime, why don't you send me a voice memo or an email? Tell me what you're wondering about, what you have questions about around dating and relationships. You can send that to parlaypodcast at gmail.com. I'm also going to put a link to Michael's book in the description. Check it out. It's totally delightful, light and fun. It's a great little holiday uh, story for you or a great gift for others. Yes, it's a shameless plug for my friend, but I do adore him and I really enjoyed the story. So until next time, friends, keep talking about it. <laughs>